0: In no way is the information provided in this podcast meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment. If you require psychological services, it is your responsibility to seek out the attention of a mental health professional.
1: 24-7 The Working Parent Podcast This podcast is brought to you by the Psychology Foundation of Canada, in partnership with Workplace Strategies for Mental Health an initiative of the Great West Life Centre for Mental Health in the Workplace. We recently conducted a survey with working parents with the goal of better understanding their everyday challenges in order to help find ways to support them as they juggle parenting and work life. The results from this survey, along with an outpouring of questions sent to us by parents in the workforce across Canada, will shape the discussion of this podcast.
2: Hi, I'm Kalem Naranya and a dad of a one-year-old as well as a working parent and i'm happy to be the host of 24 7 the working parent podcast which was created to provide tips and strategies to address the challenges of working parents from all across canada welcome to our listeners and our psychologists today i am joined by
3: hello i'm dr esther cole i am currently in private practice and i work with children adolescents and families and previously i supervised many teams of psychologists in education I am an author of numerous publications all related to education and parenting and how to help children and adolescents. And most importantly, I'm also a mother of two adult children and am privileged to have four ambunctious grandsons.
0: Hello, uh, my name is Dr. Robin Alter and I am a child clinical psychologist. I've been in practice for many, many wonderful years. And um, I've tried to make it a point of learning from all of the families and children that I've worked with all these years. I um, am the author of uh, a couple of books on anxiety: um, one to help parents, "Anxiety and the Gift of Imagination," and one for kids, uh, called "The Anxiety Workbook for Kids." And I am a step uh, parent, stepmother, and I have—I'm uh, uh, also a grandmother.
2: Welcome and thank you again for joining us. We've received a lot of questions from parents, so let's get right into it. This question comes from Kelsey in British Columbia. How to be more present with my children when all I can think about is my crazy day slash difficult situations. When I get home from work, for example, I work as a registered nurse in remote First Nations community, commuting by boat four days a week. So that sounds like a lot of stress, Dr. Cole, how do you manage such a thing?
3: First, I want to acknowledge how complicated it sounds, just your commute alone, let alone your other responsibilities and choices of of life in your family. The thing that I do want, however, to remind you and others is the fact that you are a nurse, which means that by nature, you already have knowledge and skills, and the kind of personality that is a giving one that communicates and promotes well being. And it is a good thing to remind yourself that you are part of the same skills. And what would you tell another person who was in your shoes with the same kind of schedule? I bet that you would not only empathize and understand, but you will have all kinds of things to tell them to improve and better their daily routine and their better daily existence with themselves and with their children. So that is the way I would start. The other thing is the interpretation of being present. Many times there are all kinds of parents who have either your kinds of schedule or a lesser kind of onerous schedule. But presence means for a child, depends on how old they are, is also what you do in their presence. So it's not just what goes on in your head. But if I sit in front of you when I talk to you and I listen to you, that means I'm communicating with you. If I am talking to my head all the time about how much time I don't have, I usually am distracted I might not make eye contact or I might ask them all kinds of things that are on my worry list such as did you finish your homework? Did you remember to lock the door? Did you take out the trash that was your responsibility yesterday? Did you pick up your t-shirts? There are a whole bunch of things that just as I hear myself say these things and ask these questions it's another kind of presence. Wouldn't it
2: seem more like you're providing a to-do list as to like spending quality time. Like that's right. My wife is a nurse, and her schedule is two week, two days of weeks, or two weeks of days, two weeks of nights. Right. So making sure that there's that balance when she's home, right. that we yeah. both are aware of her being there as, as opposed to this has to get done, like setting your priorities where you feel they need to be.
3: That's right. At the same time, I want to remind you, and I think you'll relate to it given what you said, is that most parents actually spend a disproportionate amount of time together asking kids about how their day was, what they did or didn't do, and not enough about what they say to themselves uh, out loud, such as, oh, this child of mine is actually spending very nice time with their little sister or brother. And you say it to your spouse, but you don't say it to the child. So the more I talk this way, the more I feel good about myself as well in my role. So here's an example if I came in the door and I say to um, Susan or John or Mary, How was your day? and depends on how old they are, they might say as a teenager, fine, which means don't ask me 20 more questions. Or they might be sleeping or they might roll their eyes. But I'm constantly asking and I'm not telling them about myself. So if I sit down for five seconds and I say, I'm really interested. Was there anything you did today that uh, was kind? I want to hear. And if they say, I don't know, then you can say, can I tell you what I did today that I think was kind? So it's
2: opening up an entirely different type of conversation. Sorry, Dr. Alter. Yeah,
0: so I was also thinking um, about Kelsey. What do you think, Esther? You know, she's got a commute. Um, Mm -hmm. She gets on a boat for four hours um, a a week. So that's a lot of time on the boat. And and actually, that's time that she might use um, differently if she wanted to. So I don't know what she's doing now if she's uh, worried you know but that's the transition time and she could actually use that to transition to um, get into a different headspace for home i have a friend whose daughter has young children and she has a, a train commute and she is reading books, like she puts on Instagram every book that she's reading. All of a sudden, she has time to read. Whereas at home, she's got a one and a half year old. There's not enough time to read. Nope. So that's that, you know she is giving herself some self care as well as some downtime to get into a different headspace so that she can be more present at home and at work on the opposite side Absolutely.
3: of that Absolutely. And, and given this commute, you might actually have something to do that you want to write down or make a drawing and bring it to your child and say, when I was on the boat, I was thinking about you. This is yeah. what I did.
2: This next question comes from Janet in Alberta. I've been feeling more stressed than usual in my day-to-day life and I'm not sure the exact cause. I run a busy household with two young children as well as maintain a full-time job and the stress of not doing enough for everyone has been getting to me. What can I do to get rid of this feeling? Dr. Alter, what can she do?
0: Well... (laughs) It sounds like, you know, you you may already know what's causing your stress, which is you've got a lot on your plate. You know, you've got work, you've got uh, kids, and you've got a full-time job. Um, And it sounds to me like you also have pretty high expectations for yourself to meet everybody's needs, you know, possibly all at once. So, um, you know, many women in your situation feel the way you do that they're, you know, when they're at work or giving a lot of time to work that they're shortchanging their kids, but it might be a consolation to know that the research shows that kids that grow up with working moms actually do very well and become more self-reliant, more independent, have higher self-esteem, and you're providing a, a, a very positive role model, for, role model for your kids, which is that you know, you're capable of, um, of uh, you know, taking care of yourself and uh, you know, being able to do a lot in your life.
2: Do you think she would need to lighten her plate because she says it's more than usual? So if you have, s- there's only so many hours in the day. Not being stressed out ab- about things that don't need to be stressed over.
0: Well, one thing she might do, as you suggest, is to um, reduce, you know, what's on her plate. Um, but the other thing that people forget, which I think is even more important is that we're all stressed. Stress is a normal part of life, but we have to de-stress. We have to take the time to relieve ourselves of stress, do things that bring us back to neutral, right? So if we keep piling on the stress and don't de-stress, that's when we feel uncomfortable and eventually health problems emerge. You know, your body breaks down from all of this stress. But if we
3: learn to de-stress, we can handle quite a bit of stress. And, and I think if you look at, at the, the quantity of stress that is related to having more than usual stress and responsibilities, the question is, can you teach yourself to be your own teacher? What is your body telling you? What is your mind telling you? How can you prioritize? Because usually when we are overstressed, we are in a situation where everything seems as if it has the same importance. And if it has the same importance, you are just going to run even faster with even less ability to get there.
2: Well, can't, not everything can be the number one priority. There That's is right. going to be something that is the most important.
3: That's right. So I think that going through the exercise of saying, what does my body tell me? One of the things that this, it's like a pressure cooker which says, don't shut me down. I'm going to be eventually blowing up if, if you don't listen to me. Listen to me. So when the body says, listen to me, and the mind says, listen to me, the question is, what is really your number one or two, regardless of how many minutes you don't have every single day? Prioritizing that is going to help you say, oh, on second thought, this is a way of adjusting my kaleidoscope. It's not so important that I must do X but what i do want to do is really something else
2: mohammed from ontario asks i don't know if it is just stress that my child is feeling or is it something more serious or on the path of being more serious how can i tell so when stress may become something to be seriously worried about how how would you know
3: that is such an important question because it, it shows that you are trying as a parent to start your Uh, intervention and seeking out help if it's needed early on, and you are not just postponing it to the future. So not knowing how old your child is, which is another uh, factor that is very relevant, is it's important uh, to say, who else can tell me, who spends time with my child and can tell me whether they observe some similar observations that, that i make in the home environment for example is my child when they go to school if it's in a, or daycare showing the same kind of behaviors where the 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 person who is the teacher or or the childcare uh, giver is saying something is wrong he he or she are not their bubbly self so i think the more you check with other people the more you can then ask yourself how come we don't observe the same changes or we do observe the same changes. If you find that it's not just because, for example, uh, your child feels sick or your child has allergies or your child was bullied at school or excluded from some activity, or they read a story or saw a TV show that makes them feel as if their imagination uh, is, is leading to bad the dreams that they are preoccupied with, Uh, have these discussions with the child themselves. And sometimes it's really important to read a story that allows you and your child to uh, discuss what the boy or the girl in the story are doing in a way of the child telling you information that they can't tell you otherwise. If it's persistent, if let's say it's a child was very active, very social, and now you feel they are completely stressed and detached, and their sleep is restless and all kinds of things. They don't eat as much, their energy level is different. There is always professional help. And the professional help will either reassure you or intervene in ways that are going to reduce the stress and teach your child strategies and support you as a parent to implement the strategies so that you are going to resume a relatively stress-free interaction with your child. I would say, Mohammed, if you um, you say, if it is it might be just
0: stress? Even if it's just stress, it's something you're noticing, and may be able to, you know, you may be able to do some things with your child to help them, so that they can reduce their stress or learn how to manage their stress. Um, and then, you know, like some, you know, we have to do a lot of trial and error sometimes, you know, to see what works, and different things work for different kids, but. If you help them with deep breathing, if you go for a bike ride, if you do some music, if you do some physical activity, and in the end that doesn't work, all that you're doing is not working, that's one of the signs that this is more serious, right? So, um, you know, we have to give kids a chance to, to learn these things, because they're young, right? They're, they're just starting out in life. They don't have the same skills that we have. They haven't figured out how to help themselves de-stress. And so, and they, kids do have a lot of stress as we, as our programs that we have developed say. So, um, you know, if you're, you know, by trying to help them and give them more strategies and coping better with stress, if that doesn't work, that would be a sign too that you need to
1: seek outside help. Thank you for tuning in. For more information and tips, go to www.psychologyfoundation.org or www.workplacestrategiesformentalhealth.com and tune in next time to hear more helpful advice from our psychologists. 24-7 The Working Parent Podcast